2: Conversations on Dance is proud to have Yumiko as a continued partner in 2021. Yumiko is a company inspired by beauty and standards. As a leader in the dancewear industry, they take great pride in their impact as a socially and environmentally conscious brand. This month, Yumiko introduced six new mesh tones available for all personalized pieces. And as a summer celebration, Yumiko is offering a special in-store discount to our New York City listeners. Show that you are subscribed to Conversations on Dance at checkout to receive a 10% discount on your in-store purchase. Visit yumiko.com for store hours, and be sure to follow along on Instagram, at Yumiko, to stay up to date.
0: I'm Rebecca King Ferraro.
2: And I'm Michael Sean Breeden, and you're listening to Conversations on Dance.
0: All right, so we are with Kate Penner. Hi, Kate. Hi. Hi, we just recorded another episode with you all about your bail experience. So we hope that everyone will go back and listen to that. But we wanted to do a little bonus episode with you. Yes. And it's very timely. And we want to play off your fandom of mm-hmm. U.S. women's gymnastics.
1: Yes. I have Olympic fever. This is something <laughs> that everyone who knows me understands. And it's very, very, very serious for figure skating in the Winter Olympics, you but it also exists. It for uh, the Summer Olympics and women's gymnastics. I actually didn't realize that. I
0: knew that you were a big ice skating fan, so Huge. I knew all about yeah. that. And then when when I saw on Instagram that gymnastics was popping up for you, I thought that felt organic. Yeah. Yes. That felt
1: right. Yeah. <laughs> I was just, when I was really little, I was obsessed with the Olympics, with the telecast. Um, I used to take my little pointed foot and scratch a balance beam like into the carpet and then force my mother and grandmother to judge cartwheels to see like how well aligned they were uh-huh. cool. I mean not to them they had to do it for
2: hours on end <laughs> did, did, did they ever just get fed up and they were just like bad
1: yeah no they Awful. would give me like they were like <laughs> 10 and I was like that wasn't good <gasps> So Valerie, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> they oh thought like maybe we can wrap this up early, and I was like, no, that was that was imperfect, and you gave it a ten. So yeah, we're, gonna, we're gonna be here. I'm gonna need you while. to get your head straight. <laughs> we could wrap this up early.
2: <laughs> so obviously, the big news within the past week, I believe, okay. has been uh, Samo Biles' decision to withdraw. Um, and we we talk a lot, you know, when when the three of us are watching performances here at Veil together and then we have our intermissions and we we talk a lot about different issues within the ballet world and it's certainly Simone withdrawing for mental health reasons dovetails with a lot of stuff that goes on in the ballet world but um, what was your reaction when you first heard?
1: I was not as surprised having followed this season very closely mm-hmm. and especially thinking when you hear the news that the Olympics is postponed these Olympic sports like figure skating and gymnastics, a quadrennial, the four-year gap, it's just really hard the older that you get. Right. Of to be a professional athlete, to be this like solely focused on this one thing. Obviously, this is not her first Olympics. There are also a lot of terrible things that have happened in her career. And she's sort of the last person from that prior generation um, Michaela Skinner was on the team as well, uh, as an individualist, not in the team event, but going to Tokyo and it just felt like when that got postponed, it was extra. I could imagine the pain and the frustration and like the extreme devastation, even though you understand yeah. why that another year is not necessarily this like gift. It's
2: not good for you. Right?
1: Yeah. It can be really, it can be really bad. Um And so watching this year unfold in terms of the competitions that happened, you know, it definitely seemed like a different competitor was out there. There were some people who had totally opposite pandemic years where if they had done Olympic trials, like if there had been no pandemic, we had done Tokyo in the year 2020. It's interesting also that we're still calling it Tokyo 2020. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I guess they kind of have to, right? To keep yeah. that, like you're saying, the four years.
1: Yeah. So. If it had happened last year, the team would have been a different set of people. And right. there w- there are people who are in Tokyo right now who I don't think would have necessarily made the team, given how they were performing. Mm-hmm. But for someone like Simone, it really did feel like this year was particularly difficult. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, things that felt light. And she always brought a lot of like joy to the competition floor, like there are these individual moments where you notice someone's behavior on the floor and you just feel like this is a different person than who we're used to seeing. Right. And so it, it is shocking because there's just so much pressure to deliver, to just go out there and like, I know I can't, I think, and that's where a lot of dancers that I've talked to have just been like, Oh my gosh, like every single thing you've been taught is to ignore the panic voice in your head Mm -hmm. and to say like i'll just i'll just do it which is that is not a good way to live Mm -hmm. and so i feel like for for a lot of us she's become someone who really made the right choice in the moment for her for Mm -hmm. herself
2: last week it's also just so wild we were talking with indiana woodward about this yes yesterday right yeah um it's just when you're a dancer, yeah, you have important things. And sure, let's, like, let's try to make a, as good of a comparison as possible. You have to do Odette Odile. And let's say you go out there and you bomb it and it's terrible and a scarring experience. Yeah. You are still going to have another show of something. Yes. You have redemption yes. shots. Like mm-hmm. it's not, it's just so cut and dry when it's the Olympics and your career is done because you're 24, yeah, you know, like that's yeah. it. That's yeah. that's the end. So then it's just for her. I I just can't. That's like an unfathomable level of right. pressure.
1: Yeah, and I do think more broadly in the sport, they're just. What's nice is that college gymnastics has really become very popular and has been a great place for people to have a second act if their sort of like elite career mm-hmm. did not end in the way that they wanted it to. Oh, wow. okay. But there's still this feeling of like and this is true of when dancers retire but still not to the same extent because it's like so severe in these sports where it's like who am I without right. this yeah like yeah. my entire identity is that I'm good at this and now I'm like not doing it anymore don't we know
0: yeah
2: there should I mean there' are sports psychologists I guess but I don't know it feels so specific right I don't know there should just be a whole like wing of psychologists that are just devoted to that transition. Yeah. Like that's all they do. Yeah. Because it's just, there are hordes of people that all cope with it.
1: Right. I think one of the oddly like healthier things about ballet is that the professional goal is not, does not always attach itself to like mega stardom. Right. Right. So when you're like in the NBC Olympics ads, you are, I feel really badly for the people who are in the ads and then don't make the team. Mm -hmm. Oof. Ugh. just like that is that's rough but even like being so like notorious no notorious is recognizable notorious has like a negative connotation (laughs) but uh recognizable for this one thing and then you stop doing it and like so many people you don't get the same kind of like i'm gonna go to college people will still be like oh my god you're carrie strug Oh, you're Dominique yeah. Mociano. Oh, yeah. I'm now listing like every 90s gymnast. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, there's like a public aspect of it, of that transition that like doesn't happen as much right. in ballet, yeah. where you can just sort of like take the time and sort of like, yeah. it's still really hard, right? It's still like you're ironing out your kinks and things like that. And trying to figure out what you want to do next, as opposed to like a million people walking up to you and being like, Hey, what are you up to? What's your new right. plan? What wow. are you doing yeah, now? You know? Can you
2: imagine? I mean, I, yeah. I thought about that. Um, this ballerina that I love um, retired quite young, was not yet 30 and then decided to go, I think, become a nurse, She went to medical school and then she came into class uh, at steps and had Two people come up to her and be like, "What are you doing? You still look so great. Do you want to dance anymore?" It's just like that. I remember watching and feeling like just such yeah. empathy for her in that moment. Be like, "Oh, leave her alone. Like she doesn't. You know, yeah. That's the last thing she needs to hear. She made this choice. She wants to invest in that choice. You know,
1: yeah,
2: yeah. It's uh, it's hard for her. It's not like she just did it on a whim and was like, yeah. But yes, now I'm just reti- leaving the thing that I. And this was a very committed person. Yes, you know." give her whole life to it. so
0: Right. I, I wonder when you m- mention about mega stardom for ballet dancers, that's not been, at least in this country, right, something that is attainable. But I do wonder how, like, social media is shifting that because we are starting to see these, like, stars that are coming out and reaching a lot more people through social media. And we were kind of talking offline the other day about um, particular dancers that that might really affect in a way of Simone Biles, not at the same magnitude, but – you know so I just I just wonder too if like it's a it's a conversation that needs to be had within ballet too because that is starting to social media can create those same kind of pressures within the ballet community
1: I think one thing that's really hard is that social media has done great things in terms of democratizing the landscape like you can go into a studio and do a variation and post it and Mm -hmm. people can see it right and like 20 years ago, that was not possible. Right. Um, And you can create professional opportunity for yourself Mm -hmm. through developing, you know, showcasing your ability, your talent, developing interest in you as a person and a dancer. But at the same time, there's like this very dangerous flip side to it, which is you absolutely come to depend on the engagement. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You quite literally care deeply all of that hinges on what other people think of you right right and we all know that like you're trying your whole life to care a little bit less about what other people think right when it comes to being happy in your dancing being happy in your sport whatever it is because there will be there will always be someone who who is not pleased with how things are going for you or wants Mm -hmm. someone different or wants you know right And I think that's one of the things, too, like when you're looking at Simone, like she is present on social media in a way that like, I don't know that she has a social media manager or assistant. Right. She is tweeting from the competition floor sometimes. She will like different comments that people make. I saw one that was good. I think you maybe shared it or something that was good. Where it was like, you'll never know what it's like to be me. And she has mentioned in interviews, like how really distressing like deeply distressing it is to her to read what other people are saying that she's a quitter that she didn't come through for her team you know all those things and it's just like that's also what being a social media star does Mm -hmm. right so you know working with there are lots of dancers here who have a substantial social media following and it is extremely like fun and Mm -hmm. great to engage with fans and supporters of ballet but there are people who will come on and and engage with you really negatively, mm-hmm. yeah, or there's you know sometimes when you're not feeling great about yourself, it's sort of like the last thing you want to do is be like, "Here's a video of me, right, <laughs> right. Yeah. or a, a picture of me while I'm feeling like this role, this piece right. is not coming together right. in the way that I think it should, but you feel this obligation mm-hmm. to i mean even if you're not a dancer, feeling an obligation to maintain this positive, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like social. everything is great. Yeah. yeah,
2: it's so. It's just like so. Basically, what we we're saying in a way is like. I mean, all really we're, the we're, dark side of yeah.
1: the previous episode. Yeah. But I mean,
2: w- these things, you know, w- whether you're at the Olympics and you're competing, or you're on stage performing, the, these, it's not not that. Of course, we love our sport. We love our art or whatever, but everybody does get into it a little bit for some validation and then social media just lights that on fire
1: right I think the other thing that's really hard when you look at ballet or gymnastics or figure skating these like art sport hybrids and then art physical ability Mm -hmm. art form is that like as you're growing up so much of what you're you don't I mean mental health was never discussed with me at all quite the opposite which was like you don't have an opinion and you're talking about in ballet yes yes in ballet like i was really specifically told and there are also like lines in some of our favorite movies yes <laughs> i knew you were gonna go there <laughs> um which are really like <laughs> funny because it's true you right? a dancer
2: i don't give a p- what you think <laughs>
1: yeah exactly <laughs> center stage reference yeah i mean we could do some deep cuts that's a bonus lightning round episode. Okay. Um, but um,
2: just so, not to, to take us off the path too much, but fun fun uh, fact about time right now. Yeah. Center Stage is now
1: no, older, general, don't you I
2: believe, to us than, or sorry, to the new generation. Center Stage is older to the new generation than the turning point was to us. I could be wrong about that. It's very close. I think not. the turning
1: point was 1980. 80 best picture nominee
2: so i was thinking it came out 79 so it's where
1: it's either 79 so it's, or 80 yeah
2: so then it's what
1: year are we looking center at? Stage center stage came, came out in 2000 2000 oh wow so you're it thinking
2: year. i saw a turning point in 1998 oh. that's only 18 or 19 years now they're looking at do center you want to have 20. a
1: rooftop fight with me later <laughs> <Yes>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> do you want to be shirley mclean or Anne i <laughs> uh, okay sorry sorry no, to take but a yeah
1: um Uh, Yeah. When you're growing up in ballet, you're really, there's like a certain point where the training becomes more, I mean, I want to leave space to acknowledge the fact that what you're trying to do with young people is get them to a professional level of physical expertise by the time they're like 15. Mm -hmm. Sure. And that really requires a lot of compliance with a form that is really physically uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Like how many times have you thought, like, I cannot possibly do this again? And then you go out there and you do it again.
2: Mm -hmm. And also
1: like my pet peeve is when someone says one more time, but they actually just mean again. Yeah. And I'm like, if you're going to, if you just want it again, just say again, don't give me hope. (laughs) But you know, you're taught not to say at all, like what your opinion is, or at least I was explicitly taught not to say what my opinion was, whether I was tired or unless it was serious. Like there's some mystery threshold where you're allowed, where you should say something, but everything before that, like you don't say anything. And then it gets really confusing because if, I mean, there are moments where you are so confused about whether you should say something that it comes out very uncertain. Mm-hmm. And so the instructor responds with a like, well, are you serious? And then mm-hmm. it starts to blur the line of, should I ever say anything?
2: This is going to gonna, Let's get this is gonna Let's segue die. nicely into what we ha- have as a next topic of discussion. But l- yes. So we're talking about having any sort of voice and now, Because we were raised that way, sometimes if I'm in a studio and I view a dancer speaking up for themselves, like this thing that's ingrained in me uh, goes like, well, I don't really think that was appropriate. I don't know. Like, why do you get a say in that? And that's another thing we've been talking a little bit about is some of like, I have these knee jerk reactions occasionally where I'll be like, ew, like, why is this like this? This is not like what we were brought up like. And then I have to second guess myself and be like, why are you so... like attached to that that. yeah namely uh, um recently in some of the performances men have been sporting either facial hair or different hairstyles and like one man had a bun on stage and my initial reaction was just like I don't like that right and then I was just like well and then I was like well why do you not like that I was like well okay it's it's because then that person is putting their own statement into the ballet it's like I don't notice the ballet I notice that you have facial hair and nobody else does or that you have a bun nobody else does yeah and then I was like but now am I just saying that nobody's allowed to have any voice like it's so
0: interesting because even like if you think for women's hair for ballets it's like this is a twist ballet you're putting your hair in a french twist or it's a valentine high bun low bun like it's supposed to all be the same and connect together.
1: I think it's like you inherit so much of what your teachers dictated for you. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because I know you don't run a studio that way, and neither do I when I teach class. But when I'm still like sitting on the side and someone sort of like bucks that a little bit I'm just like <gasps> yeah right in any capacity and I think it's so important to constantly be like questioning like how necessary is it for me to have this much resistance around yeah. this right is it helpful to the art form is it helpful to the training is it like is it really critical or am I actually just like perpetuating this feeling of like not being able to be yourself not being able to speak up not being able to say that you're uncomfortable when you're uncomfortable Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And it's like been, you know, years of thinking about different classrooms I've been in and, you know, how those either were great classrooms and very functional or how they definitely should have functioned in a different way too. Yeah. I think
0: what I always in, um, interpreted as like a kid, like the reason why those the environment was the way it was, was sort of like this discipline aspect that like you needed to develop that kind of discipline in order then to have the discipline to learn the technique and to move forward in that way. So I wonder how that could be balanced as well. Right. You know, I think
1: it definitely gets really sort of treacherous in some ways because I remember, especially in partnering class, that became a very, very strict environment because it was a physical safety right. concern. Right. Now we are not just jumping and like the maximum I jump is how hard my legs can push me. Yeah. Now I am like maybe six feet in the air. Mm -hmm. way higher than I would ever normally find myself. And if we're not paying attention, if we're not focused, if there's distraction, like, I mean, I've seen things go sideways in a partnering class. Um, and so I think there's this safety concern that's also handed down, Mm -hmm. but it's like when you have, you know, bad circumstances that people are being trained in, they often Mm -hmm. use that as an excuse too, which is really, which is really difficult. Like, you know, I'm doing this for your safety, or like, you need to trust me, there is so much of giving yourself over to the process into the system and to the coaches, Mm -hmm. whoever is, you know, that you're working with that it, it was that's sort of one of the things that really shocked me. And I was really impressed with with Simone, which is like, you're not looking to your coach to ask, can I Mm -hmm. she, uh, you know, according to her, yeah, according to her description of the conversation, she was just like, I'm not
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to shift to this um conversation of safety because to me I think that as dancers the first thing we identified with um with Simone not necessarily just the because we can't put our, ourselves in her position. We can only dream of what she was going through. But I think um we all can identify with the safety aspect of it too. Um and we discussed this with Calvin um Royal the 3rd uh the other day and so I heard this interview with one of the nineties gymnasts and she was saying that, you know, when you are physically injured, you know, you know the injury, you know what your limitations are, you know if you can go on stage or if you can't, you know, like the it's tangible. And then when you're having this like mental block or your this anxiety, all of those things surrounding it, you don't, and that's what can be scary. And when you're vaulting yourself ten feet in the air or whatever and credible stuff she's doing we're talking about like if something goes wrong like paralysis death like Ooh. it could be yeah so it's so bad worse
2: for
1: that
0: <laughs> right it's much, right right <laughs> but I think that dancers feel that very vis- viscerally so mm-hmm. what is your take on that I
1: aspect? think it's really I mean I've also heard there are quieter stories in the dance world of people dancing with really terrible injuries Mm-hmm and that that practice continued especially if they felt threatened in terms of like if i don't do this i won't get this next thing i won't you know i'll be considered inconsistent i'll be considered i'll let people down i'll be flaky whatever mm-hmm. i'll oh, be interpreted yeah. as is like paramount or i'll lose my job or yeah. they won't see me i won't get that part yeah I mean. and so it's just like i think i i'm glad that despite you know the prior interviews where she's like I do these amazing things and I don't really know how I do them that she had that moment where she's like I'm having this experience that I've never experienced before Mm -hmm. and this is too dangerous for me to do this at the same time it's
2: it's too dangerous yeah I mean I think about yeah it's one thing to be like in your I mean we have things like I mean I've, I've gotten addicted to or obsessive about a turn at a specific point in a ballet to the point where like I'd self sabotage and bomb it. But like, if I fall out of my turn, I, that sucks, but <laughs> I fell out of my turn. Right. But then I'm thinking of, of course, what Simone is doing is exceptionally dangerous. And like Rebecca was yeah. saying, could risk paralysis or death. Yeah. Um, but there have been things in the ballet world. I can think of examples of people I'm close with one person who had a sprained ankle and then was put into a part where they had to do brise vole volley and a heel and for her super PTSD tr- injury syndrome, like mm-hmm. um, and then another dancer who was made forced to perform an exceptionally difficult ballet made to go on a medral pack in order to do so because it was they, they were just like, that's it.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: But th- those are dangerous things. The
1: treacherous combination in gymnastics is that the things are so physically dangerous and They are really like injured most of the time. Right. Like, you know, sprains, broken toes Um, there. We've gotten better about identifying concussions, but like. But that sounds bleak there, too. Yeah, Yeah. I know. And so I look back, I, I don't know if anyone has watched. Carrie Strug in the last like five years. I but, watched like, it recently actually. Cause they were playing it on the NBC. They have like an NBC channel. That's like old
0: Olympics. And I was like, this is so cool. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean like at the time I was like, I just consumed the framing that NBC gave yeah. me. Right. Um, about, and I, maybe it was NBC. We'll see. You'll fact check that. <laughs> <laughs> but like that, the, that the, the broadcast team gave me about, Oh, like Bella's so nice. And like, mm-hmm you know, she's going to do this for her country. And it's like, Mm -mm. no, like that's your foot. Like that could have gone really sideways. Like great that you landed on one foot. Great that you're okay today. But like that could have also gone a completely different way. And why? Well, because we're trained not to say when things hurt. We're trained to do things anyway when things hurt. And now the thing that they're doing is like vaulting themselves into the air. Mm -hmm. I actually feel like it's funny because I watched that
0: before – The Simone thing happened. It was like right at the beginning. I was like, "Oh, that's so cool! Look at her go!" All that narrative, and then like when this happened with Simone, I was like, "I see it through a different lens now." You know, and I mean, I've talked many times on the podcast about injuries, how I've injured my foot, how it ended my career essentially, and I some dancers will talk to me who are current dancers and they'll like ask me, you know, if they're dealing with an injury, and I just always say like. The biggest lesson I learned is in the end, they don't live in your body forever. You live in your body forever.
1: Yeah. Every day. In a year, how many people are going to be Simone Biles? Just one.
0: Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And she has this amazing opportunity to make so much, to do so many great things, whether she's, you know, she already has the gold medal.
1: Yeah. You know, she did it. I also think it's just such a great example for people to see, because at least when I was growing up, like every single athlete was overcoming enormous hardship and injury and illness. And I mean, what's sort of mind boggling is like you have the Simone story, but on the men's side, there's a gymnast who like ruptured his Achilles like five minutes ago this year. And they're like, he's a hero. And he's like, the first person I want to thank are my doctors. And I'm like, I'm glad that this worked out for you. But like, it also could not have. Yeah. Yeah. And like, talk about, I mean, men's vault and floor and bars and- It's like even more powerful. Yeah. There's just a lot of catastrophic injury chances that Mm -hmm. you're risking there. So I think to have an example of someone who is capable, Mm -hmm. who is really the greatest of all time, Mm -hmm. as much as I'm cringing, because I do think that, In no small part contributed to an enormous amount of pressure. Right. Um, But was able to just say, like, this is unsafe. I'm the only person experiencing what I'm perceiving in my body body. right now. And I can tell you that I'm not doing this. Mm Mm-hmm. She like listened to that voice that you're like trained to be like shh
2: don't mm-hmm. yeah 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 no. push
1: it out push it out yeah uh, mm-hmm.
2: you know you're but that kind of what she did will also have such a positive impact yeah um for so many others that don't have her visibility
1: right now USA gymnastics and I would say ballet as well like but really I'm gonna talk about USA gymnastics they're undergoing a transformation mm-hmm. right now it was not just Marta and Bella Caroli who were abusive and really using terribly damaging like coaching and training practices Mm -hmm. and like this is a piece of changing the conversation around how we train people and how we work with young people and how we sort of like are aware of the fact that this is not just like a physical form that's going to go to the olympics and win medals Right, right that's a person who's gonna have a whole life after that right And is experiencing a life right now. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, what does gymnastics training look like Mm -hmm. if it's not the bad kind? Right. Right. Interesting. And then what does ballet training look like if it's not the bad kind? Well, we sit at a crossroads of like, you're trying to learn a physical discipline, but in order to get yourself to learn it and still be like feeling like you have agency and intention and like you're motivated... That's a psychological game. And like, when you think about the training that people undergo to become ballet teachers, gymnastics coaches, the extent of it is, have you done ballet? Have you done gymnastics? And we don't talk about like developmental psychology, sports psychology, high performance stress, like none of those things really get discussed, but they're like absolutely critical to, you know... Either you're training young people or working with people in a company, it they're all human people right. who like need that side of them tended to. There is no one who is going out there and like nailing who is just like, I mean, actually i'll I'll say that some people can mask very well, but right. I would say like they could be having a more functional, more supportive more positive, healthier experience if, like, the emotional side is being tended to and they're not dancing out of fear of retaliation Mm -hmm. or fear of losing opportunity and actually doing it because they want to be doing it, Mm -hmm. which is probably, like, the most American ballet thing I've said.
0: (laughs) Well, the generation before us didn't have access to things like physical therapy, which to us became really integral and important, and so maybe the generation after us will have also some of that good mental help too that,
1: that would, would be per- great yeah.
2: yeah yeah thanks Kate thanks, yeah Kate. thank fun. you always great chatting with you a lovely note to end on